0: It's really looking at what do you want to offer, right? If you could offer only one thing, what is the one thing that energizes you? What is the one thing that lights you up? What is the one thing that really you could sustainably do for the next five years, right? Like what is that one thing that you could offer? Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week, we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my lovely co host, Laura Shook Guzman. Today, we thought we would dive into an actual business topic, a business structures. I think we don't always dive into those. We really like the psychological aspects of business, but we thought we would dive a little bit into structures and talk about focus and streamlining and why that is so important for business success. What do you think, Laura?
1: Yes, and I think this couldn't be a better time to talk about this in the midst of our challenges with COVID and working from home and working with distractions and sometimes feeling like we have to have a different kind of time management tool to get that focus. And so, and then when you do, this is my challenge. I'm like, okay, I've got an hour. What do I do? What do I do? You know, with the most, the bang for my buck here. So I think this is a great topic. And I think we all kind of need to have some refresh, maybe new perspectives and new ideas on like, how do we get the most out of our focused time for our business?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we can talk about it in two different ways too. We can talk about how do we focus, you know, how do we focus our attention, our time, what do we spend time on? And we can also talk about our business focusing, right? Because I find that way too many people are all over their place. They have multiple target markets, multiple offers, multiple things that they're doing in their business, multiple marketing channels, right? You've got all this stuff and it gets very overwhelming, especially when you need to focus your time, right?
1: Oh yeah. I mean I think my being a um what is that word where you're just like constantly running too many businesses at one time.
0: Yeah, multi-passionate entrepreneurs and like that. yeah. Multipassionate,
1: yeah, entrepreneur. I always have like it's like wow, I wonder what I could have what I could do with one business. But instead I have like, well, now at least I have it down to two, but then they each have like four different social media. So when I'm doing social media, I'm looking at like four platforms, you know, creating and it's just like, oh <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, and I think that really brings, I mean, the the bottom line is we have less time and attention these days, right? Especially during COVID, especially for parents and trying to navigate schooling. You know, we have less time and attention. And Most of us are sick of being on the computer all the time, right? We're on the computer for social networking. We're on the computer for business. We're on the computer. We're pretty much on the computer for everything. And we're tired of being on the computer. So that requires us to have to focus even more. And so I'm a big fan, as most of you know who follow me, of one focus, right? One business, one service, one target market one problem you're solving, like these are all the things, one, one marketing channel. And when you have only that one focus, you know exactly what to do with your time. And so, you know, I guess you do get a lot, I get a lot of pushback from people who are, Laura, like you, who they're like, but I'm multi-passionate or I have all these things I love doing. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And at least one focus until you're fully stabilized, right? So that means you're making amazing money all of your systems are in place, really focusing until you are stabilized. And then you're in a great position to do your next thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Actually, it's like the goal of the zero inbox. It's this unicorn. It's elusive to me, but I swear I'm going to get there one day. But what I love about what you said is that it is Uh, not a matter of choosing not to pursue those passions. It's just a matter of prioritizing one gets really solid. And then you have the ability, the bandwidth to do the the next thing. And I think that that's the, the, the impatience or people have this fear that, well, if I don't do it, then it's not going to happen. So I have to do it now, or, you know, this lack of um, trust and patience. So I'm learning that definitely as I go on. And I can see, you know, real, really the benefits when you do get more and more solidly planted in one camp, it's richer, because you are your creativity, like my what, like what I'm thinking in my blog articles, or what I'm really, you know, going, I'm going deeper, and it's getting richer. And that also is very rewarding. And I think for those of us that are multi-passionaries, we feel like we're keeping ourselves rewarded with all the different channels for creativity, but when we get more focused and clear, it still is rewarding. It's just this nuance and it's like rich creativity that's coming at you, right? Because you're able to, to go deep with it.
0: Yes. 100%, 100%, and I would challenge anyone who feels like this is a challenge <laughs> to, to streamline and focus, I would challenge you to look at what really keeps you in multiple businesses, our multiple services, our multiple target markets, are on every channel, because I find that we use a lot of frameworks around it, like multi-passionate entrepreneur, I don't want to get bored, right, that's something that I hear a lot. But the truth usually is there's a way we're keeping ourselves limited. Maybe it's that we feel we're not worthy to be incredibly successful in one direction. Maybe we're afraid of failure. Maybe we're afraid to really give something our all. There, it's this really interesting psychology in almost everybody I've ever worked with who struggles to focus. There's really something in the psychology that is kind of boils down to unworthiness. What do you think, Laura? What have you seen?
1: Now, I agree. There's psychological underpinnings um, and, you know, really looking at what, because your first response, what you tell yourself is most likely the story, the narrative, that's the justification. And so then you kind of have to just a little bit, dig a little bit deeper. Well, is that really, you know, is that really true? I think for me, it was, I was going to be bored if I focused on my private practice because I was like, oh, it's seeing clients and I, I like having all this different with a co-working space. this different kind of skill set. But the reality was that I did never have to jump fully in the water to see if I could swim. You know, didn't really have to see like, well, can I do private practice on its own? Cause I never did. I opened them both at the same time. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> and of course, I had responsibilities, and and so like, but once those responsibilities came to a place where I could wrap it up and close my co working space, and that's been since this spring, and focused completely on my practice. I can speak from experience that I'm really starting to feel more confident. It's not the opposite. I don't feel like oh, I'm not good enough. I'm like, wow, I actually am good at doing this. I have even more confidence in myself. I really enjoy this. Oh, these are the different aspects of my business. It's not boring at all because I'm doing all these different pieces with my clients. So there's definitely ways in which that narrative just justified. And it just kept me from trying to see if I could sink or swim. But guess what? I can swim. I can swim really well. And I'm like on the high dive, diving off and I'm enjoying it. And you know, so I can speak from that experience. Now I do have some other projects that on the side. <laughs> That I love that I've got to figure out how to
0: <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's about creating the right container. So, you know, what I've learned is that by creating one container, one focus, one clear pathway, right, within that container, you can be endlessly creative. You can endlessly evolve. So you take like kind of the work that I do, right? I created one program. The only way to really access me is still one program. And I might have tracks in that program, but it's still one program. So the container is the one program but I've evolved it constantly. Like over the last four years, I've evolved it. I've improved it. I've like thrown myself into it in amazingly creative ways. I mean, pretty much my clients probably get a little bit of, um, uh, what do they call it? A whiplash. They probably get a little bit of whiplash because I'm like, guess what guys? We're going to try something new this month. You know, like I'm always trying and evolving. There's endless creativity and the ability to have that container that's holding you really allows for you to focus and look at how can I evolve this one thing? How can I make it even better? How can I improve it? How can I make it more aligned with myself? How can I use more strengths in it? And so there is this really amazing things that happens when we can focus. I'm never bored. I'm never bored. And it's never the same, right? What I'm doing now is not even anything I was doing really a year ago. So anyone who was in my program over a year ago, it's like a completely different program, right? And it's because I evolve it and I I move it and I create in it, but I still have one focus.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think that there's this uh, tendency to forget that you can have a passion, but like instigate something as well and then move on or ask for help. I mean, sometimes my problems, I always get kind of stuck being the one that's doing all of it or the leadership of something. And then I'm like, oh, I have to pick or choose. But really being able to decide what's my priority, what's my focus, then also where can I ask for help? I mean, and this is a whole other topic, but like really asking for help is a huge way to stay focused because you don't need to be focused on all the things. If you get clear of like, this is what I'm doing. These are the things that someone else can help me with so that I'm not, you know, like for me right now, I know you're already, you're already there. So you're going to have to coach me, but I really, in order to focus more on what I love and with just my client work, I need a VA and I haven't hired one yet. But that kind of attention to the emails and the scheduling, booking, billing, blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of stuff is not where my focus needs to be right now.
0: That's right. And it's re- like, I mean, that, that is a whole sort of another episode. And we've talked a little bit about that recently um, in the CEO podcast and maybe a few others. But I, I think, yeah, it is about us. So I guess let's start here. Where do we start, right? So I think when we're operating a business, when we're a multi-passionate entrepreneur, when we've got lots of stuff going on, where do we start to focus? And I always think the best place to start is to really look at what you enjoy the most, what you are most aligned with, what is more closely related to your strengths, your, your effortlessness, your innate gifts. Like that's a really good place to start. What I often think people do is they look at what they think is more viable in the marketplace. So instead of looking at where their passion is, what feels most aligned, what they get most excited about, which will carry their energy all the way through, they start to look at, well, this is what I think is missing in the marketplace. This is what I think would work. This is what no one else is saying. You know, like they start to compare and they look for validation outside instead of starting with that validation inside. And that's really where you have to start before you can focus. If you aren't clear about what you stand for, who you are, what would be most enjoyable to you and what would be most aligned, you got to, you got to go there first.
1: Yeah. That's the question that everybody wants to know is where do I start? Because it can feel really overwhelming when you are in that place where you just are feeling out of focus and overwhelmed. Like, how do I bring my focus in? So you're talking about really creating like a barometer, right? It's like some way to be able to like, how can I orient What's most important? Well, that's where you flow. It's what you love. It's, you know, for me, it's working actually with my clients. Right now, it's being on Zoom with my clients. Some therapists are really struggling because they do not enjoy Zoom sessions, but I actually have adapted really well. I just love connecting with my clients. I have learned I can feel what's happening in their bodies through my computer. It's magical. I do not need you to be in the same room. I can feel what's going on because we are energy bodies communicating. And so we can figure this out. So, you know, knowing for me, that's actually a place where I'm happy to show up every day. And so I don't need to think about all these other ways that I'm going to show up with my clients, right? It's Like, Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying that. So focus on What are all the things I need to make sure that my platform is HIPAA compliant, that I have all the technology or that I have people to help me with that. And then it's like, how am I showing up with them every day? Like maybe, and and maybe even just use me as a case study. So if I know that I love working with my clients, I know that I need still though all these little platforms, I need to make sure all this is still set up, you know, it's like, how do I not get distracted by all of the platforms and the technology and and all of the other things and keep remembering the
0: most important thing is my, my client. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, and I think that's the the barometer. Let's talk about the barometer quickly, right? Because I think this is such a good example. So what does it feel like when you're working with your clients?
1: Yeah, I feel really connected to my body. I'm always feeling Because I take time to do that. So I settle in, I feel my feet on the floor. I usually, you know, have like a nice cup of water or a cup, but now that's starting, the weather's going to cool. I'm going to have my tea. So I feel really settled and really present
0: within myself when I'm working with my clients. And does it feel light? Like, how would you describe it in comparison to something that's more misaligned?
1: Yeah, I feel confident. It feels like I'm not like, Oh, do I, you know, how do I do this? I'm, I'm very open and I feel confident. It flows. It feels easy. You know, it's like, I mean, yes, my clients can be challenged and I can be like engaged with problem solving, but it never feels hard. It just feels intriguing.
0: Curiosity. That's
1: a good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like thinking like, how am I going to, okay. Cause I'm always thinking like, how am I going to help my client figure this out? What am I missing? What do I need to know? I'm trying to understand it in my mind and I'm starting to and I'm trying to use my body to find the puzzle pieces because that's what I feel like my clients come to me because they're confused and they don't, they're stuck. And so then I'm like the little detective, like helping them. And so I get energized.
0: Yeah. So those are all really good pieces of that barometer, right? And everyone's going to have a little bit of different language around their barometer or their body compass. You can call it in many different ways. But we're looking at how do we discern where to focus, right? So start with what makes you energized. Start with what feels really good in your body, what feels really light, what feels really interesting, where your curiosity is engaged all the time, right? That's where you can start. And you can start with looking at, you know, in a business, it's really looking at what do you want to offer, right? If you could offer only one thing, what is the one thing that energizes you? What is the one thing that lights you up? What is the one thing that really you could sustainably do for the next five years, right? Like what is that one thing that you could offer? And then what is the one way you could deliver it? So for some people, one-on-one coaching or one-on-one therapy or like doing things one-on-one is absolutely a thriving way for them to deliver. They love it. They feel energized by it. For other people, that is a nightmare, right? Like being one-on-one with someone is a nightmare, but being with a group, might be something that's really energizing. Or maybe it's being behind the scenes and not even engaging with someone directly one-to-one. So there's all these ways that you can start to look at what is the one way of delivery that would feel really energizing and good. And then you can look at what is the one type of client that would feel really energizing. And if you've been in business for a while, you really can do this full evaluation. I know for my clients who I've been working with for a while, sometimes I'll have them do like an evaluation of all their previous clients. Okay, so look through all those previous clients. If you could name two that were like your ultimate favorites, like they were so easy to work with, you were so engaged with them, you absolutely loved it. Why? What were the characteristics they had that the other clients you had didn't have, right? Okay. So then there's your one focus, your one target market. So you you see how you start to really focus with that barometer, with that lens of what's easiest, what's most energizing, what feels good. And then we can take it into marketing.
1: Yes, let's do that. So once we get really clear, how do we take it into marketing? Because then that's that's the scary place sometimes for people, it's like, I have it all here. I finally figured it out. But then what do I really do to execute on that marketing plan? What does that strategy look like?
0: Yeah, so, so this is really interesting. And this is the like something I've been looking at in my own business, right? Because I'm on many platforms. I'm doing lots of different kinds of marketing. And, and so, you know, I've looked at how do I focus my marketing strategy, streamline and simplify it. And I heard someone talking about this the other day. And I thought, this is genius, right? So they talked about having one flagship marketing channel, one. And that marketing channel leads everybody to the one offer you have. So in my case, it's my Women in the Business Arena group, right? So it's my it's my coaching program. That is my one offer. And for me, my flagship product is the podcast right? Like, so, you know, I love doing the podcast. It's so easy for me to do the podcast. I already have all the systems in place. When everything started happening with Black Lives Matter and like I needed to really change the tone of my social media and my marketing, everything else froze for three weeks because I couldn't get it all together except for the podcast right? So I knew right away that is my one channel. And so for you, maybe it's a podcast if you've got that going already. Maybe you love Instagram. Like it's so easy. It feels good. And that's like you want to go deep with Instagram. Maybe you have a Facebook group that you absolutely love being in and it's amazing. You know, maybe you love referrals. You love to reach out to your clients. Maybe you have an email list, right? It's picking one piece of your marketing channel, one marketing channel that is something that you love doing. It has to be something you love, something that like intrigues you and energizes you, has curiosity. That's it. That's your one flagship. You go deep in on that one marketing channel and you look for creatively how do you move people from that marketing channel to your one offer. And then if you've got other social media or you've got other things you do, you just direct people to your one channel. So if your one channel is a Facebook group, everywhere else, you're just going to send people to your Facebook group, right? And your Facebook group does the job of getting people to your program or to your service. And so that – it's like this really streamlined approach – to looking at marketing. Whereas right now we're just going shallow everywhere. That's pretty, I don't know hardly anyone who's going deep anywhere, right? They're going shallow everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on like, you know, I'm on Twitter. Here I am shallow everywhere. There is no depth. And so there's no creativity. And so there's no engagement, right? Because people are wise, right? They, they're tired of, you know, being engaged with something that is like, a robot <laughs> or something that is, you know, just dripping out content on a regular basis. They want something real and deep and connected. And so we've got to be creative and use our energy in a deep fashion in order to really create that. So pick one marketing channel. So if you were gonna pick one marketing channel, Laura, what would it be?
1: Well, I was just thinking, I was like, well, I wanna create that marketing channel, and it's not created because I have the all the shell hello, and I really enjoy. I'm probably most engaged with my colleagues in LinkedIn or Twitter, but those things don't really, it's like me being on those social media platforms are still kind of like, oh, it's like, I need to be on social media. When I think of a channel, of course, I love podcasting, but what also is the close cousin to that is a YouTube channel. Like it's been time for me to really do video because this is where I communicate what it is that I love to do and how I work and all my different, you know, feelings about the body and about building capacity. And I know that a video channel, a YouTube channel has been like waiting for me to just do it. And then I would really give people a taste of me there because I'm a therapist. Do you want to know, like, how is this woman going to be sitting across from me or across in a screen? Like how is she going to feel? So a video, you know, channel. And then being able to send everyone directly to be able to, you know, and the things I do are one-on-one and speaking. So, you know, being able video would be great. So I haven't created my YouTube channel though. I haven't started down that
0: process. But you can start. Okay. So here's how you would do it, right? You would take that YouTube channel and that YouTube channel in and of itself. Once people came, everything about that YouTube channel would be directing people to your services. Right, not speaking. That's something people will find automatically. So you wanna sign up, you wanna work with me, you come here. And then everything else you do, so your Facebook page, your, you know, your Facebook personal account if you're using that, your Instagram, like all of that stuff would just go to people subscribing to your YouTube channel. That's the only CTA you would have. Everyone just come to my YouTube channel and subscribe. That's all you need to do. That's the one thing that you keep honing over and over and over again. And so this is that way to really simplify our marketing, and I don't think sometimes we realize that just having that focus like makes so much sense. I know for myself, it's like such a relief and I really decided and made a decision and I haven't put all these systems in place yet. But when I really made this decision that like my podcast, like I would, I would love to do so much more for my podcast and I don't because I've got my hands in every other pot. And so if I just made this my flagship, if I just did, what else would I do with that? Ooh, I could get really creative. I could get really excited. I could do all these different things. And so I think that's what we have to do is go deep in one focus. But we're so scared of focusing. We're so scared of streamlining. And it's something we have to navigate because true wealth and true success, it only comes with focus. It really, really does. If you see people who you consider have, you know, multi-passionate or they've got, you know, multiple businesses that have got them to a million dollars, I promise you it was a stressful process. I promise you they've got a lot of like inconsistencies and probably inefficiencies. They're probably not making a huge amount of that million dollars. Most of it's going towards their employees employees all the people they're paying to get all these things out I've seen it time and time again the only people who who really have found that wealth and freedom and success it's been through focus
1: no I can feel it and I can feel how like when you talked about it being shallow it's just that's exactly everything you just don't have the focus you don't have the bandwidth and especially right now I think being really clear with my time like I'm starting to rethink like if I only have this much time, Then what is that going to be? And I'm choosing, you know, right now to oversee my child's distance learning because he's in this kind of vulnerable place where he's just learning to read and just doing, and I want to make sure that that's happening for him before everything starts back up. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm on a limited because I'm not going to just hire out a tutor right now. I'm going to be focused on my kid priority. So then I also want to have my priorities in my business. And I really like the fact that if I have more of a single channel, then that's a lot less energy, you know. And this is, you go back to listen to our episodes on permission, right? This is where we have to just give ourselves permission because I think that the overachiever, too, I'm definitely the Virgo, the overperform kind of thing happening here where I'm like, but I need to do all the things and be in all the places. <laughs>
0: Yes, and it, you know it's it's so indoctrinated in us to do all the things, right? Like, and it's funny. I was just I made my husband. I took a picture of it because my husband went to go get a calendar for my daughter to put on her wall so she could just you know see the months and you know have some sense of a calendar. My five year old, oh well, she just turned six, so my six year old, and he brings home the only one he could find that would work, and it, and it's called "Do It All, Mom." That's what the, the calendar is called. Do it all, mom. I was like, no, I'm taking a picture so that I can put this on social media and comment on it. Like, this is the indoctrination. He's like, I couldn't find one for dad. I'm like, yeah, of course. And do it all, mom. Like, we are just so indoctrinated that we have to do it all, but we don't have to do it all. We can let go of it all and we can choose to focus. And that's what I really wanna leave you with today. You can release and let go of it all and choose to focus. Choose you. (laughs) Yeah, choose one. (laughs) Just one of everything, right? That's all you get. One of everything. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today and we will see you next week. Are you ready to focus and streamline your business? Determine that one thing you can offer that no one else has, the one target market that you need to reach, and the one simple process from delivery to marketing that you need to create. Well, this is the work that I do in the Women in the Arena program. I've had the privilege of taking hundreds of women through this simplifying process, and I'm only running it through the end of this year so if you want to really streamline and simplify and get a little bit of coaching from me head over to sonyastatman.com or reach out to me on any of my socials I would love to work with you